book of Jude, the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 17. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jude is on a, one chapter in Jude. To get to the book of Revelation and turn back one, you'll be there in Jude. If you need a Bible, amen, raise your hand. We'll get a Bible unto you. If you got the electronic thing, that'll work as well. Amen. amen. I've been messing with y'all about getting that sheepskin. This Bible can get dirty. <laughs> amen. I was with brother. I was with brother Jason. I said, brother, we going. We had some time after the, the baptism this morning. I said, brother, we're going over here to McDonald's. Amen. I ran up there with my word. Amen. We didn't get a chance to open up this soil. We opened up the soil yesterday. We opened up the word, but I'm standing up in there. I said, Lord, I got my Bible in my arm. Amen. I don't know if I think I was going to church. I grabbed, I'm standing up in the line at McDonald's with my word up in my, with my word up in my hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, give me, <laughs> give me this, give me that. I said, oh, Lord, I looked down, I got my Bible in my hand. I wonder if we did that more often, what would happen? Walk up in the restaurant. I, I know the word is in our heart. Amen. Some folks took notice, though, I had that word up in my hand, man. Yeah, they knew I was ready. Yes, sir. I was up in there. I was up in there getting my English McMuffin. I looked down. I said, Lord, I got, I got this sword up in my hand. Oh, maybe I need to sling it up in McDonald's. Amen. Because they were up in there, boy. I mean, that could be a morning ministry for someone. Amen. Cup of coffee ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I do. Job and Jesus. Amen. They doing everything out there nowadays. I'm telling you, whatever it takes. Hallelujah. You are Jude. Uh, you've been standing for some time. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but I'm going to pick up in Jude uh, chapter 1, verse 17 through verse 23. We have been in a me- series of messages called Making a Difference, called Making a Difference. The title this morning is, a, is a, probably an unusual title. It's so unusual that um, <clears throat> Brother Tremaine came to me and says, does that say what it says, Pastor? <laughs> he said, you sure that's what that's supposed to say? I said, that's that what it's supposed to say? Because when you hear it, you, you, it would make you think about, what? What does, what does that mean? Uh, uh, just look down at verse 23. He says, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So I want to speak from the subject of save with fear. Save with fear? Yeah. Save with fear. Save with fear. Uh-huh. Some folks, you got to save with fear. <laughs> yeah, we just gonna become real plain. Let's look at the verse seventeen, and we're gonna read down to verse twenty-three. It says, "But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who shall walk after their own ungodly lust." These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying how? In the Holy Ghost. Keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion. 
making a difference. That's where we got this serious title from. You can make it, making a difference. You can make a difference. Amen. Making a difference. And then we see here, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating, that's a strong word, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Verse 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen my God my God so much in these scriptures here I'm telling you I don't know where to start amen let's let's start um, where we left off I guess last week the second message that we had in this series of messages the first message was what you can make a difference the second one was uh, what, what, did anybody remember the second message? I'm, I'm going to put, huh? having what? Compassion. Amen. Somebody got the notes or something. But having compassion was the second message that we declared. And we said that if we're going to make a difference, first and foremost, you got to be different. <laughs> you got to be different. Jesus Christ told the disciples, he says, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. And so if we're truly going to be, uh, uh, make a difference, we must be different. We said there was three things that were important. Uh, uh, why do we need to make a difference? The first thing is, is the world is counting on us. You hear that? What I'm saying, the world, they, they may not be counting us on us, but they are counting on us. You know what I'm saying? They may not be doing it in their thinking but the world is counting on us to make a difference. Amen. Secondly, your fulfillment, our fulfillment has everything to do with us making a difference. You don't want to go through your life and don't make a difference. I'm talking about more than your job. I'm talking about making a difference in people's lives. And then the third thing is, is God expects us to make a difference. Those are the three things. This is why it's important for us to make a difference, to make a difference. Now, we've talked about what was going on in the context of this particular, the book of Jude. Uh, the book of Jude here, the writer James, the half-brother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he wrote this letter, and he's telling, he says, I write unto you about the common faith, but I'm also writing unto you to contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Because some people had come up in the house of God, had come up in the church, and were beginning to, um, uh, they call them mockers. They were mockers. These were men that had come up in the church and they were beginning uh, uh, to turn people away from the things of God. They came with lies and, and all types of things that were happening at that time. And this book of Jude was written unto the church to contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I'm here to tell you the time that we're living in, we're having to contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Some folks have went apostate. Some folks done left the church. You know what I'm saying? Some folks on the outside of the church. Amen. I'm talking about people that used to be in the church on fire for God. And we have an assignment, not just to go out and to get them uh, uh, to, to win the world unto the Lord thy God, but there's some stuff that needs to be recovered also in the church. And we're going to see here that how the Lord thy God, even how uh, we're going to learn how do we go after the lost? How do we reach them? And everyone may have a style or may have a form of a fashion of doing it, but the book of Jude teaches us that you can't go to everybody the same way. He said, with some have compassion upon them. But he says to others, you got to pull out the fire. I mean, you got to, you got to roll up and you got to save them with fear. And we're going to distinguish upon these things today. And we're going to get a real good understanding of, of what is he talking about? Save with fear. 
Now, we declared last week there's two groups of people that we're going to be. We're either going to be makers or mockers. And we learned in the scriptures the three S for those that were the mockers. The, the first thing you see in verse 18, it says how that they told us there that there should be mockers. Who told them? The apostles of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ told the church. He said that there should be mockers in the last time. Those mockers are scoffers or false teachers who should walk after their own ungodly lust, their own desires. These be they, somebody say, who separate. See, mockers are people who separate. Not only do they separate themselves, but they come to separate others. Do you know there are people that are assigned to the house of God to come to the house of God to separate people out of them? Matter of fact, this is the way that Paul said it. Paul said uh, uh, that I have given unto you uh, 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 the truth. But he says that, but once I leave you, he didn't say people on the outside going to come in. He says folks within going to rise up. Amen. And even take some folks with them. Amen. So we worried about the threat without, but there's a threat that'll come right up in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> this is the time that we're living in. False teachers, false things. All, all of these things are happening. But, but what we want to learn here is, is that we can make a difference. And what I'm saying as men and women of God, not only do we make a difference out there, we got to make a difference in the, in the house of the Lord. Amen. Because we got to understand that there will be mockers that will come into the house. Now, the first thing, again, it says that, that these men, uh, what did it say? What did it say about them? the first S? What did I say? Huh? They separate themselves and they said, what's the second thing it says? They're what? Sensual. They, they, they move by their own appetite. They move by what they feel, their own affections, their own emotions. They're sensual. And we don't want to be sensual people. We want to be moved by God. Amen. They're sensual. And the Bible says people over in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, people that are sensual, it says they cannot receive the things of God. They're sensual. They're, they're moved by their senses. These are the people that he's talking about. Then the third thing he says, they, they don't have the spirit of God. Amen. You don't want to be around nobody that don't have the spirit of God because they're doing what? Their own thing. Amen. Their own thing. I don't want to do my own thing. He says now, he goes on to say, but look what he says. That's the mark. Look at the makers in verse uh, uh, 20. He says, but you, beloved, building up yourself up on what? Your most holy faith. Praying how in the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, this is how we are makers. We're difference makers because we're what? We're different. How we're different. We're different because we have someone that's different on the inside of us. Greater is he that's on the inside of me than he what? That is in the world. Amen. We have Jesus. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. He says we can build. How do we stay in faith? We build ourselves up on our most holy faith by what? Praying in the what? Holy Ghost. And then he says is keep yourselves in what? The love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some what have compassion making a deal. We dealt with that. Jesus Christ was our example. He had compassion. When he would walk out, he would, he would see the multitudes. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion because they looked like sheep without a shepherd. Now, think about this. Jesus Christ, he's out. He's moving. He's doing what he do. He was saving. He was healing. He was delivering and setting free. But there was a group of people that were without him. And he's seen them. 
And he says he was moved with compassion. Not only that group, we know it was another group that he had seen. It was 5,000 of them. Uh, 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 and he healed them. And then he told them to stay around and that he fed them. And that's where we were at last week. But he was moved with compassion, Pastor Angela. This is the compassion, the love that he had. He, he was moved with them. He, he seen them. And, and see, and that's one way we move. I mean, there's two sides to the sword. One way there has to be a compassionate love, mother. You see what I'm saying? They're out there. They, 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 they don't know any better. They're just out there doing what they do. And, and the Lord said, said, on some have compassion making a difference. Amen? But on others, save with fear. Those that know better. Those that have been in the fold now are out the fold or in the fold being lazy and leaning and living not right. But they're coming to church, playing church, but they're not living. Amen. Uh, like Jesus is on the inside working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. And, and he said, he said, you got to deal with them differently. You can't deal those that are out. We're going to see Paul said, look, Paul said, I don't judge those that are out in the world. God does that. But he said, I judge those that are in the house, <laughs> in the house of the Lord. Amen. The Bible teaches us to examine our own self to what to see if I'm still in the faith. And when you don't examine your own self, then you've got to have somebody else to examine you. <laughs> hey, my God, because we can get the seasons in our life where things are just nice. Things are rolling and things are good. And we, we, we somehow we can forget. This is why he said when I read in the Psalms this morning, remember, he is the one that gives you the power to get well. Don't think in your hands, your degree, your smarts, your good looks got you what you got. Remember, it is he, amen, who gave thee the power to get wealth, amen? What you saying, Pastor? It's all about him. It's going to always be about, it's all about him now, yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's going to always be about him. And long as you seek him first, you right on it there, minister. And seek him first and seek his kingdom. Amen. All those things, what you need to eat, what you need to drink, what you need to put on, all of it. Amen. The Bible says that he desires to give unto his children the kingdom. He desires to do that. But he uses this word to save with fear. We're going to go a couple places today and we're going to see some things. And these might be things you haven't seen before. You're going to say, whoa, this is pretty tough. It's pretty rough. It ain't the pastor being rough. Amen. I was talking to my brother when we were at McDonald's, and uh, he's evangelistic all day long. You know, pastor, he got that uh, evangelistic, that that nay guy, you know, saying, yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's the self-same spirit. And, and, and we talked about there are many members in the body, and, and every body part has, they're different. Amen. You're different to make a difference in the body and outside the body. And so this brother, he's like, nay, nay. He said, I said something. I said, uh, I said, Brother Jackson. I said, because uh, I, could, I could hear how he was talking and, and just about it. I said, brother, you sound like probably one of those, you know, uh, uh, nay, nay says, see, if the church could be, we need to have the church open every day. He said, well, I, I wonder if somebody else was thinking like I was thinking. <laughs> That's what he said. And, and there's nothing wrong with having the church open every day. But everybody ain't going to be there every day. You know what I mean? Talking to church folk. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but the evangelistic type of people that have that in their heart, every day, Pastor, this thing need to be open. We need to be rolling them in here and out of here. Amen. And, and, but it all works together because, see, the evangelists, they can catch the fish, but they need the pastor to clean the fish. 
So they can get them all day long, but they got to be clean. Amen. So we got to work as a team is what I'm saying here. We got to work as a team. But the way, but the way we go about, thank you, Pastor. But the way we go about, she pointed up there like, I sure can't see that. (laughs) But uh, the way we go about doing it is that we cannot do it the same way. We got to understand the fish that are out there. Because there's some that we need to deal with out there. And I was trying to show Jason. Jason said, well, Pastor, we got to go out there and get them. And there's no problem. We do got to go out there and get them. But somebody got to take care of the ones that's in the house too. And that's the shepherd. That's the pastor. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I got to take care of the sheep. I told him, I said, man, I got to feed the sheep. I'm the one that got to, I got to, you know, cut the hair off the sheep. You know, I got to, I got to tend to the flock. Amen. So there's those that tend to the flock, but those that found. But we all work together. And what I'm going to show you today is the rod or, uh, you know, we got the rod of correction. We got the staff and the rod. It's the same thing. Uh, we also got the sword, amen, but it's two sides, two edges to that particular sword. And what he's saying here, he says now, with some, save with compassion. But with others, save with fear. He says those with compassion making it. And Jesus was our example of one. He loved them. He, he went out there. He sat with them when he, when he sung, uh, saves the kids. I talked about that last weekend. And Matthew, when he says, come to Matthew, he says, come, be with, come and go with me. He went. When he done that with the disciples, they all followed him. Jesus moved with compassion. And he healed folks that needed to be healed. He delivered folks that needed to be delivered. That's how he moved. But did you ever notice when he went up into the church, he took on a new attitude. Every time he would go up into the synagogue, them devils be sitting right up in the synagogue. You ever seen that? It usually the devil was in the synagogue. What you talking about the synagogue? The house, the temple, the place of worship. That's you. Usually when he would come in, one of them would start hollering out, ah, what do you have to do with me, Jesus? And he says, shut up and come out of them. What I'm saying is there was a different mindset and attitude that he had to take with the people that were in the house versus what outside of the house. We're going we're to see this. We, we, we're going to see this. See, see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they got, you know, pastor got built a little rough. You know how every now and then, you know, with your own kids, every now and then you, you, you we, we love them. We got compassion on them. But every now and then, I got to save you with fear. I got to break out on you. And then they look at you like, boy, I ain't never seen this side of mama. I ain't never seen this side of daddy. You hear what I'm saying? But you got to do what you got to do to get them what you need them to be, to save their life. So there's time to love and be compassionate. But there's other times I got to save you with your fear. I got to put some fear. I got to put the fear of God up in you. I got to do it because this thing ain't working. This lovely devil thing, it ain't working. And it may work for some, but that ain't going to work for others. And it's the same thing that we find out. He said, you got to contend for the faith, which was once delivered for the same, because there's some folks that done come in and took some folks down this way and took some folks that way. Some folks doubting now. Some folks not sure about God now. So all these things are happening. And he says, some now just have compassion like Jesus did. Have compassion on them. They're just doubting a little bit. Have some compassion. Love on them. Be compassionate. They just need some love. You just need to love them on back into the places they need to be. But some of them, you got to save with fear. You got to snatch them out of the fire. 
Cause they read up in sin, deceit. They look and they ain't even worried about it. You know what I'm saying? Doing that, they marching up in the house of the Lord, doing what they need to do. And so my uh, role as the pastor is to give you the whole counsel of God. You know, I've always talked about the gospel. The gospel is the good news. Jesus Christ came, died, and rose again. We need to hear that. That's what gets us saved, amen? And that's what's going to keep us saved, amen? But then you got to live after you get saved. You got to live a holy life. And now, now the pastor need to open up the scriptures to you, amen, and show you the whole counsel of God, amen, from Genesis always to the maps. And he got to show you what it says in the word so that we can grow up. So we can grow up and then not only will we grow up, then we'll help other people grow up. But what I'm saying to you, the way we approach people, there's a, some of them, we just got to be compassionate for mother. Some we just got to love on, but others we got to save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating the very garments, don't want to even be spotted up with what they're in. Ah, get out. You need to come. We're bringing you up like you're in the pits of hell, bringing you up out of this. Let's look at this here. We're going to go to three places. Please go with me to first Corinthians chapter five. We're going to see some things here because there's one thing to have reconciliation. There's another thing with recovery. <laughs> there's one thing to reconcile people, but there's another thing we got to recover some folks. Uh, please go with me to first, uh, what we say, first Corinthians chapter five. Please look over there. And we're going to look a few places today, and we're going to go through the scriptures. A lot of Holy Ghost to speak to us. We're going to go to those three places there. First Corinthians chapter 5. Are you there? Amen. Amen. I'm trying to get there. Chapter 5, verse 1 here. And uh, this is, we're going to see here, there were some things that were going on in the house of God. And uh, Paul here is dealing with them of how to approach is how they should be done. Paul is not there. Paul don't got word. He heard about it. He's the apostle. And he hears that the local church, they, they, they down there, boy, acting the food. He said they down there praising. They're down there in, in pride, really, while there's blatant sin going on in the church. Ain't nobody saying anything, but everybody turned their head. Amen. And, and, and so what we're dealing with here, one side is reconciliation. And we want to reconcile. That's the ministry that was given unto us, that was even given to Paul. Somebody say the ministry of reconciliation. That, that's the ministry that when we get saved, that's our ministry is to reconcile people back to God. Amen. So, so when we go out, that's what we want to do. And then he gives us the word of uh, conciliation, reconciliation. So we got the ministry and the word, which Paul talks about that. So we're here to reconcile. See, when people are in the house of God, that when they've tasted and seen that he is good and they go away, that's not reconciling. Now, it's some recovery mode that needs to take place now. You know what I'm saying? We got to go snatch them, amen? We either got to separate them, amen, to let them go on and deal, walk on out their sin because the sin leads them to death. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're loving them, but we got to deal with them, amen? You can't let a little leaven, a leaven to what? The whole lump, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to see this today here. I want us to understand this and I'm not teaching this because we got this type of stuff going on in the house okay so don't nobody say why, why is the pastor teaching this no, this is just the lineup this is what the Lord has taken me amen we don't have that going on and y'all know in this house if we had that type of stuff going on and your pastor know about it we deal with it amen we, we deal with it amen so look here it says it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you now I got to explain what fornication is because about three years ago I had my son uh, Matthew is not here today, but we we got home after one service, and Matthew coming to me, he says, Dad, what's fornication? 
I said, well, that, that helped me out as a pastor. My, he was a young teenager. He said, what is fornication, Dad? So I had to break it down to him what fornication is. It's an interesting word. It's the word pornania, P-O-R-N-E-I-A. Now, can you pick up on that? Well, we get our word pornography. So you know it's, it's sexual immorality. It's, it's doing sex out of the content or out of the standard in which God has laid down. Amen. So, 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 so we see here this fornication. It's, it's holotry, adultery, or incest. In this case here, we're going to see incest was taking place. Look what it says. It says it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. He's going to make it plain. And such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles. Now think what he said here. He said, now we got to deal with this differently. He said, even the Gentiles ain't even doing this what's going on up in the house of the Lord. You hear that? He said, he said, this ain't even commonly named among the Gentiles. He said, you don't even hear that out in the streets. But this stuff is happening right up here in the house of the Lord. He said, man, it ain't even commonly known out there amongst the Gentiles. But boy, this thing going on right up here in the house of the Lord. Look what he says here. And he goes on to say, among the Gentiles, that, that one should have his father's wife. What was happening up in the church there was a young man that was sleeping with his father's wife. And it goes on to say, and he says, and you are puffed up and had not rather mourn that he that have done this deed might be taken away from among you. See, when someone is a part of the body, this is why membership is so important with the body. When someone mourns, you should mourn. When someone is living outside the will of God, you come in knowledge of that as their brothers and sisters of Christ, it should bother you. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So much so that you're going to pray. You're going to stand in the gap for God. Deliver them from that unrighteous thing. Deliver them from that. It should bother us. But we're living in a world, it's, about, it's only about me, myself, and I, us four, and no more. My name is Jimmy. Give me everything. Give me, give me, give me. And we don't, we, see, this is, this is the importance of being a part of the body of Christ. It's called accountability. It's, it's about being in the house because not only do that need to be fixed out there, but the house and we in the body, we help one another. Amen. We love on one another. We help one another to come into that place that the Lord thy God would want us to be here. Now he says, you're puffed up verse two and have not rather mourn that you might, that, uh, that he have done this deed might be taken away among you. He said that he needs to be, he need to be put out, taken away. He says, for verily, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit. Yeah, Paul. Paul said, I'm not with you in flesh, but I'm present in the spirit. Amen. He done got whiff of this thing. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I, I have been uh, in situations where I've seen my pastor, uh, uh, Apostle Holcomb, uh, call all the pastors to get us all on the hotline. And I'm telling you, he would deal with, with one particular situation. There was a pastor that was uh, 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 him and the church secretary. They were fondling and having phone sex. And that word got back to the to, to Apostle Holcomb. And that thing that was brought clear, it was clear and concrete. It won't just it was out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Amen. The church was in disarray down there. And, and, and so the word got back to the bishop. He called him in and asked the guy, was this particular thing going on his wife done had dreams that something won't right something was going on 
And Bishop had to deal with him. He said, now, you need help. He said, because you sick. Amen. You need some help. You fondling, you and, the, you and the church secretary having phone sex, fondling in the house of the Lord, fondling one another. You hear that type of craziness. What you saying, Pastor, this type of stuff can happen right up in the church. Yeah. It'll happen in the workplace. Yeah. It'll happen right up in the church. And so he had to deal with him. And so he dealt with the pastor. And the pastor pretty much told him, we're, we're, not, we're not, I'm not down with that. What I'll do, because he was one of his sons. He was calling, he was one of the, uh, uh, what we call the company men. The company men, Apostle Holcomb has sent him out, set him up in ministry. You know what I'm saying? Was paying him a salary because uh, he had been in the ministry. He said, we're going to start a Christian house of prayer in this location. Put him in place. Pay him an annual salary. And everything is in place. All you got to do is do ministry. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're a company man and you're on the payroll and you're not living according to the standard of God, he has every right and privilege to say, I got to sit you down. Now, look, he, won't, he was going to say, sit you down. We're going to get you some help. Amen. So that you can, re- you hear him saying, you hear the love and compassion on that. Sit you down, get you some help. And perhaps you may come back to be able to pastor that church. If not that church, maybe another church somewhere down the road. But right now you need some help. And it came out. The brother said, no, I don't want to do it. Matter of fact, we're going to take the money that we got in the bank account. We're going to give that to you. And we want to buy the church from you. We're going to continue to do our thing. And I'm here to tell you that that young man is still in ministry today doing what he's doing. Now, how would you like to have a pastor, him, and the church secretary following one another and having a phone set? And everybody knows. Everybody knows this type of thing. And, and what I'm saying unto you, these types of things cannot go on. And I'm talking about making a difference, save with fear. See, this got a little, this got a different slant to it than what we have been talking the first two messages. Because this is real. And we as members of the body of Christ, when we, look, you might leave this church one day and go to another church. Wherever church you in, you got to know how it should be rolling. Amen? I mean, there shouldn't be blatant sin up in the house and the preacher ain't talking about it. Or no one is Dealing with it, amen. I don't care how small or how large the church is, if there's blatant sin in the leadership, in the pews, I mean, the wherever, in the bathroom, wherever it's at, they're a member of that house and it is common enough. I'm not talking about somebody just visiting. I'm talking about a member. Someone says, I'm a member of that house. I'm a member of that house, amen. We don't want the body to be like that because if that's happening, people that are outside of the body will come up in here and see, boy, you got who doing what? And their life is not, and that's keeping folks out of the house of the Lord. I don't know about you. I want to be in a place where, look, what they doing, what they, what they living for the God. What, what they live, and, and they expect that everybody to live for God. <laughs> yeah, it might be a low head count, but amen, they living for God down there. And it goes on to say here, look what he says here. And let's go down to uh, verse 3. Let's finish that. He says, for verily, uh, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have judged already as though I was present concerning him that have done this deed. He says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit, he says, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what he says. To deliver such as one unto who? Satan. For the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the what? The Lord Jesus. He said, now turn them on over to Satan for what? The destruction of his flesh. That in the day of the Lord, his what? spirit man is going to be saved. You hear that? 
The Bible teaches us that all of our works are going to be tried by fire. And it says, and if it's not an authentic work, it's going to be burned by the fire. But he says, nevertheless, amen, you, st- you still shall be saved. What you saying, Pastor? Look, fight, look, the Bible says our God is what? Our all-consuming fire. This is why he said, look, when you get baptized, look, after your salvation, he said, look, he says, behold the Lamb of God. I mean, that, that take away the sins of the earth. Another place he was introduced, here's one that would baptize. I baptize you repentance, but there's one coming after me that's going to baptize you with the Spirit and also what? With fire, amen? And see, see, the fire, see, we don't want to live in the fire. Now, the fire come to burn off the things, amen, that are contrary to God within our lives, amen? Every now and then, we got to have a fire service, amen? I mean, a fire service to, to, for the fire of God to flow in the house and some third things to be burnt off of our minds, you know what I'm saying? Our mentalities, amen? Uh, yeah, yeah, what we're thinking and how we're thinking and how we're speaking. Some things got to be burnt off every now and then, amen? I don't know about you. I need to be burned up every now and then. See, when you get, it's like a piece of charcoal. When you get consumed up to you just straight up white and you on fire then. But that old piece of charcoal, if it ain't, if you try to throw your meat on there and them things ain't been whited out already, you know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you, you're cooking all uneven, all types of stuff is messed up, amen. But you want to wait till that charcoal get white, amen. And that's what the spirit of God, it comes to fill you up, amen. I mean, comes to, to the thrill is gone. You hear me say, to, to, to the thrill is gone. See, it's the thrill that gets us in trouble, amen. Yeah, yeah, till the thrill is gone, amen. We got to get that stuff out of us, amen. But this is all a part of the process of becoming, somebody say, a disciple. I'm not trying to be rough on anyone by no means, but, but we all are growing up into the likeness in the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I shouldn't be the same as I was last week, this week. You know what I'm saying? Or next week. I'm always moving, changing, amen, into the likeness and the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When folks run to me and say, boy, you something about you, you look just like Jesus, amen? They can sense that in our spirit, man, amen? And it's not that we're there to condemn. It should be, first and foremost, they sense the love of God, amen? They sense that we're moved with compassion. They sense that we're not trying to judge them. We're trying to love on them. We want them to see the love of God. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do without but then there's times that we come and God gives us a discerning word. Insight to have oversight. You know what I'm saying? For somebody you know supposed to be living right and you know they're doing wrong. Amen. You can see it. You can feel it. You can sense it. Amen. Nah, 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 nah. They need to be pulled up out of the fire. You got to save them with some fear. Now, they're dealing with this thing in the house of the Lord. Look how it continues to go here. Uh, it goes on to say, what scripture are we in? Uh, five, with five, it says, deliver him to, uh, uh, to deliver to Satan. Look at verse six. Your glorifying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new, that, that ye may be what? A new lump. He said, you got to get that sin out of the camp. That you may be a new lump because that sin, oh my God. No, what I'm saying unto you, you need to know that your pastor is on his knees repenting every day. Yeah. Repenting for what? Bad thoughts. Yeah. Come on. Look, I'm no different than you. 
I see your wings. I see your, your halos and all of that. But what I'm saying unto you, you don't want a tainted person up here. And I'm telling you, I, I have to stay on my knees. I have to uh, allow God to deal with my iniquities, my trespasses. You know what I'm saying? The, the things that are bent on the inside of me when my thinking is not right, my persuasion is not right, my words are not right. Amen. I have to stay and keep myself, amen, uh, in the love of God. I have to do that. So that I won't taint you. I have to do that. But it goes on to say here. My God. It it goes on to say. He says you got to purge it out the old. So that there may be a new lump. As you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast. Now what he's talking about. The feast of the Passover. But listen how he's talking about He's Now let us keep the feast of the Passover. This is one of the feasts. The Old Testament feast. But he says you don't keep it like they kept it in the old. You keep it like in the New Testament. Because he says I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to do what? To fulfill it. And when we say the law, we're talking about the first five books, amen, of the Old Testament. And what I'm saying, there's things, there's feasts that were set up traditionally there. And he says, nah, he says, nah, don't, nah, we're not doing away with the feast, but we're going to look at the feast. We're going to observe it differently. Look what he says here. He says, verse 8, therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of what? Sincerity and truth. He said, this is how we keep this particular feast now, uh, the feast of the Passover. He says, it's it's, it's unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And Jesus Christ is the sincerity. He is the truth. He is the bread. He is our Passover lamb. He is the, 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 you see what I'm saying, the the, the unleavened bread which we partake of when we do Holy Communion. This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. He is sincerity and he is also truth. It goes on to say, verse 9, he says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Oh, my God. Now, there's one thing to have compassion on some folks. There's another thing to keep company with them. You know what I'm saying? He says on some have compassion making a difference. But here he's talking about these type of folks like this. I don't want you to keep no company with them. I don't want you to keep coming. He said, see, what I'm saying is you can't deal with everybody the same. Oh, they just understand, Pastor. We, you know, we, we, we love them. Nah, they, they are born again. They know between right and wrong. They're not in there any longer of this type of thing. You know what I'm saying? That means that you got to take charge. That means that you got to help your brother and sister pulling them out of, you got to save them with fear, snatching them out of the fire, hating the very sin that your own clothes won't get spotted in what they're involved in. But you just can't turn your head to it. He said, we got to, you got to deal with it. Look what he says here. He says, uh, uh, verse um, uh, 9 again. He says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Or these are folks that are sexual and immoral. He says, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or the covetous or the uh, extortioners or the idolaters. For then must ye needs to go out of the world. Look what he says. You hear what he's saying? He's showing you here. He says, yet not altogether with the fornicators of the world. He says, we're dealing with a brother that's in the house of the God. He says, I'm telling you, don't treat the world the same way. They're in the world. They are sinners. What sinners going to do? When I was a sinner, I was like, Paul, I was the chief amongst them. I did it well. I did it to the T. He said, now, now, he said, I'm not talking about them out there. But I'm talking about them in here. He says, now think about this. He says, now I'm telling you not to keep company 
with the fornicator that's in, that's in the body. Don't keep, don't keep company with them. He says, but I'm not telling you not to keep company with them. What he's telling you is to be compassionate with them. And them. Because if you don't keep company with them, you can no longer even be on this planet. What he's saying? <laughs> Look, if you say I'm not going to keep coming with the fornicators, the, the, the men of God, but if I don't keep coming out there, he's not asking you to keep company with them out there. He's asking you to be compassionate on them out there. That's what he asked you to do. He's saying if they're in the house of God, they've been born again, and they're sinning, he's telling you don't keep company with them. Amen. Don't keep company with them. I know, it's, I, I know it's tight, but it's right. I'm telling you. It's right. It's right. He said don't keep company with them. He said now if you take the same attitude about those in the house of God that are in the body of Christ and use that with them out there, the fornicators, the idolaters, the covetedness devils out there, he said if you take that, he said well, where are you going to live? You, 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 cause that's the world. So he's telling, he's teaching us to be compassionate towards the world. But those in the house don't even be in company with them. Don't even be. I know that's it's tough. It's tough. But that company is what see because the person really that has come to the Lord and truly genuinely been saved, they never fit back in the world anyway. You know what I'm saying? They may go back out there. They ain't going to never fit in the world out there. He said, don't you keep no company with them as long as they acting like they out there. But when they come to the senses, <laughs> when they come to their understanding about what it is, when they come back to the Lord, amen? And you see, because we're not asking them to come. We're not trying to validate their sin or one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is the word of the Lord told us not to keep company with fornicators and idolaters and those folks like that. Now, let's go on here. Let's go on here. Let's see this. He says, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or idolater or a reller or a drunker or an extortioner with such as one know not what to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do ye uh, do not ye judge them that are within? Yeah, but them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves what that wicked person. What he's saying is, expel them, get them out. Now un- understand this: the whole reason you're putting them out is you're saying that because we can't make the rest of the body sick. If you choose to stay in that lifestyle, doing what you're doing that is contrary to God, what we're saying is you can't count out here with us. Because a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. I tell you, I've learned over the years, if you got one liar in the house, sooner or later all the rest of the liars will be sitting with them. They're, 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 they're just, they're like spirits and they'll find themselves and they'll, they'll, they'll get with one another. Amen. And they'll be all sitting together, all the liars sitting together, all the such, so they're sitting together. They'll somehow find them, themselves even in a great house. The Bible says in a great house, there's a vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor, some of silver and gold and some of wood, hay and stubble. Amen. You got to understand who you are. He said, now nah, you got to keep yourself from them so that you can be a vessel unto honor unto God. Amen. I don't know about you. Look, I want to be a vessel of honor to God. Amen. Oh my God. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's, so we understand, do we have an understanding of what's going on here? All right. Well, let's go over uh, uh, to Zechariah three, one and seven. See, because he talks about having these spotted clothes on. I tell you what, before we go to Zechariah, let's go over to Revelation chapter three, verse one and six. We're closing Zechariah. Revelation chapter three. It's going to take you some time to find Zechariah anyway. Uh, uh, we're in over there. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3. 
Revelation chapter 3, go to the back of your Bibles, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 here. Chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, when you get there, say amen. We're talking about making a difference, saving with fear. There are some people, in particular those that have been in the body, and they have separated from one reason or another, that they're in the house of the living a life that's uh, 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 contrary to God, that they've tasted the scene that the Lord is good. I'm, I'm teaching us how we got to deal even with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We got to deal. And some of us can be very compassionate. And it's okay to be compassionate. But you got to understand some things. You can't be God to people. Sometimes we got to get out of the way so God can do what he needs to do. God said, I'll turn him over to Satan. That's what I tell you to do. Turn him over to Satan so we can deal with this flesh here. See, it's the same that that the same thing that that uh, uh, who told Peter that Jesus told Peter. He says, Peter, now think about it. Jesus being the pastor, Peter being one of the uh, apostles, one of the disciples, and, and and this is where it happened. And Satan come to Jesus, and he says, I desire to sift it, old boy, over there, Satan, uh, Peter. I, I decided to shake him up like we. And then this is what Jesus tells. Uh, now you know Peter was a little odd one anyway. Open his mouth when he didn't need to open his mouth. Doing things that were contrary to, you know, Peter was always at one. He, he was just a, two or three steps behind all the time. That's how Peter was. And so Jesus said, boy, maybe he needed to be shifted a little bit. So Satan came. Now think about the book of Job. The Bible says that the angel, that, that when Job came up, when they came up to talk to God, that the, Satan came up too. You know what I'm saying? He came up too. And what I'm saying unto you here is, is that this is what Jesus told Peter. He says, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like we. And then this is what he says. He says, I pray that your faith, faith fail not, but that your faith be strong. And then he says, and when you are converted. Now, if you're going to be converted, it means that. Your thinking was, something was out of place over here. You got to be converted. But he says, when you are converted, he says what? Strengthen. Oh, my God. That means something to me right there. See, if you've been living long enough, Satan done sifted you too. Like we. Amen. And, and, and you found out what your faith was at. You found out who you were believing in when you get sifted. You know what I'm saying? You coming out on one side. And boy, he says, I pray. Anytime Jesus praying for you, you better know you're coming through. He says, I pray that your faith be made strong. And he says, look, then he says, when you are converted, what? Strengthen the brethren. What you saying, pastor? See, the way that you can strengthen someone that's not living right for God, to cut them off and let God, because you know God done done the same thing to you. You know what I'm saying? You, you done been through it. You know, look, the brother couldn't fix me. My sister couldn't fit me. Sex couldn't fix me. The world couldn't fix me. Money couldn't fix me. Nothing couldn't fix me. Nah, I needed to be sifted by Satan. Amen. So I can turn to the most high God and cry unto him and say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. He said, I tell you what. He said, no, they want to live on their own. Turn them on over to Satan. So Satan can sift them like he sifted Peter. He said, boy, when you get through getting sifted, when you convert it, he said, now what? Strengthen the brother. See, that's when you get qualified to strengthen your brother and sister when you've done been sifted by Satan. 
See, I know what I'm talking about over here. This ain't just no story. You hear what I'm saying? When you done been shifted by the boy. See, I know there's plenty of time I done come to God and Satan standing right there. I'm telling you, if it happened in the Bible, you better know it happened in your life. When you go to God, Satan will march right up there with you. He said, just let me, let, just take your hand off. Just let me have him and I'll show you what he'll do. That's what it did with Job. When Job came to God. He said, if you take your hand off of him, I'll show you. He said, Lord, I'm going, I look, he let Job go through something. You hear what I'm saying? He let Job go through it. Job's wife said, would you just curse God and die? That's what his wife said. Just curse God and die. Boy, we going through here. See, somebody, see, somebody might be being sifted right now and you don't even realize it. You might just say, oh God, you, you just sitting up here and say, now that's what's going on with me. God's sifting me. Amen. But when you be converted, when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. Strengthen the brethren. Now, we over here in Revelation, he's speaking to the church of Sardis, the seven churches. Jesus Christ speaking through John the Revelator. Amen. He's speaking to these seven churches, and he's explaining to these seven churches. Because one of the things that we looked over in the book of Jude, we don't have to go back there. It's there. He told them now, he says, now, some save with fear. He says, snatching them or pulling them out of the fire. And then he says, hating the very garments or the clothes don't, that they're spotted up with, the garments. He said, you got to hate these things. You're going to see here in the book of, of here in Revelation chapter 3, he's speaking to one of the churches here, the seven churches that he speaks to. And he deals with the church of Sardis. And look how he deals with them about the church. See, what I'm saying unto you is that God is dealing with the world. And he wants us to go out there and save the world. You see what I'm saying? He's dealing with it. The, 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 the fields are already the harvest. There's no work to do. I'm saying we got to go get them. But he says then when they get in here, you hear what I'm saying? Oh, there's, there's still some things that must be continued. They, they, they come into what we call discipleship. Discipleship now. Amen. Uh, let's look at this here. You at uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse 1. We're going to read verses 1. Revelation, I say Ephesians, I'm sorry. I'm just making sure y'all on point. Amen. It's on the screen. Y'all know it's Revelation. You know what I mean? <laughs> Revelation chapter three. <laughs> Look at the verse one here. I had my glass. I don't know what was going on. It says, and until the angel of the church, that's the angel of the church is the pastor. And Sardis right. these things saith he that have the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou liveth, hear that, and are dead. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. You hear that? He says, be watchful, strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou have received and heard. You hear that word, remember? He said, remember. He said, get back to the place. He said, now, I want you to know that there ain't nobody in that congregation perfect. I, I haven't found thy works to be perfect before God. He says, be watchful and strengthened. He said, although you, you, you got a name and you live, you're dead. He talking to that church down there. He said, you're, you're, you're a dead church, even though you got a name. Bread of life, you got a name, and y'all do exist, but you're dead. That's what he's speaking to Sardis right here. He said, but be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are, are, that are ready to die. He said, man, look, man. He said, you got some remaining, but they're about ready to die. Look what he said. He says, for I have not found thy works to be perfect. Now look at verse 4. 
He says, uh, I'm sorry, verse three. Remember, therefore, how thou have received and heard and hold fast and do what? Repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. Oh, my God. You hear what he said? <laughs> Woo! Uh, you hear what I'm saying? He, he coming compassionate. A loving, caring, sharing heavenly father. And Jesus coming this way. He said, now, nah, your work's not perfect down there. You got a name. You live it, but you're dead. He said, now go back and do remember. He said, now, now, now remember these things. Keep these things. Be steady. He says all these things. He says, now, but if you don't do what I say, I'm going to come as a thief in the night. <laughs> oh, my God. You know how a thief come in the night? Sneaking. And the Bible says that those, those that come up another way is the same as a thief and a robber. There's one thing to be a thief. A thief is sneaking. But a robber going to come. They don't care if you at home or whatever. They coming up in there. They robbing. They going to take. You know what I'm saying? He says, but I'm going to come as a thief. You ain't even going to know I'm coming. He said, I will come on. Come on what? Come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou has a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their what? Garments. You hear what I'm saying? He said, now in the midst of that dead situation you got going on down there, there, there are a few folk down there though. They had not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me what? In white. For they are what? Worthy. Look at verse 5. He that overcometh. He said what? He that what? Overcoming. So what you're saying, Pastor, he said, now, if you happen to be in that situation today, in the book, just like he says, Sardis here, he said, now, he says, remember, he said, now get your life in order. He said, I'm telling you to get your life in order because if you don't, I'm going to come up on you. That's what he said, thief, as, as, as well as a thief at an hour that you don't even know it's going to happen. I'm going to come up and show myself strong. And look, now, there's one thing for Satan to come, but there's another thing for him to come for the Lord to break out upon you. See, there was, let me give you some identity to this. And I'm not saying that this person, we, we, I had friends that I hung out when I was young. And when I was growing up, you had community discipline. You know what community discipline was? Everybody on the block could wear your butt out. If I was down at Miss Katie Lee house and we were down there doing something crazy, I remember Miss Katie Lee knocked me upside the head one time. We down there in her house with her son. We smoking marijuana. <laughs> in my friend's house. We got, we, 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 we got the tower up under the door. Amen. And I'm, I'm thinking about that commercial that come on, that this is that they crack the egg in there frying. And the guy back there in the back room, Mama, I'm going, to, I'm going to look for a job today. He back there getting high, smoking dope. You know, yeah. And, and so here we are. We, we, we young teenagers. And we at Miss Kaylee house and we back there now. Here go the thing now. The dad, he, he, he rolled out. Yeah, he was a dealer, right? So we, we took confidence of doing it there at the house. So we, we in the house and we got the towel all up under the door, man. We smoking up that weed over there. We got the fan on reverse, <laughs> drawing it out, you know what I'm saying? To the neighbor next door, you know, it's probably all, all on the porch. It's just somebody that's smoking marijuana. So we up in there smoking marijuana. Miss Kay Lee gets wind that we in there. Boy, we got, we got the lights all in there. She come out of there. Y'all come out of there. I know what y'all doing. We spraying lights all and stuff. And you know, we coming out of there. We ain't, we ain't done nothing. We ain't smoking no weed in there. Whole place. We smell like weed. Whole place smell like weed. Miss Kay Lee hit me upside my head. 
hit her sons, hit me and my brother all upside the head. Now, what I'm saying to you is this. I'd rather had got hit by Miss Kay Lee than her pick up the phone and call my mama and my daddy. You know what I'm saying? I took that licking boy. I'm just saying, boy, and I went home. I just said, I hope and pray. I hope and pray that Miss Kay Lee don't call the house. And she didn't call the house. And this is, see, there's one thing for Satan to sift you. But there's another thing when God then gave you the commandment and said, get your life in order. Straighten your life out. Amen. Because if you don't, I'm going to come like a thief at night. I'm going to come, me going to come to thee, and I'm going to have to deal with you at that time. I don't know about you. I'd rather have me. Look, look, Miss Kelly, come on. Down. Amen. Satan going on and sift, man. I'm going to pass this test. I'm telling you, somebody, look, look, you live long enough, you're going to get sifted more than one time. See, I believe a sifting comes before you go to the next level. You got to, you got to get sifted and shaken up. See if you're truly going to go to the next level with God. And then they say on the, on the next level, on new levels, there's new devils. Because the Bible says there are principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. There's different levels of devils, principalities, and power. The same devil you were dealing with when you got saved is the different devil you're going to meet. They come from the same clan, amen, but you're going to deal with some powerful ones as you grow up in the things of the Lord, amen? Amen. So let's look at this. We're about ready to close here. He says, um, uh, he said, look what he says here. He says, uh, verse 5, he that overcometh. That's the key thing. He that what? Overcometh. The same shall be clothed. And right now, there are some that haven't spotted the clothing. He said, they're going to be in white. And they're going to walk with me. But then he's saying, but he says, but there shall be some. But them that overcometh. He giving everybody else a plan. The same shall be clothed in what? White raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. There we go. I've taught this in the house. This is the key piece of it to it. Your name already written in the book. The question is, is it going to be blotted out? You already in. He desires that every man be saved. You see, you still got to, look, he had the intent from the beginning that everyone would get saved. I put everybody's name in the book. See, but when you deny him, when you refuse to serve him and live for him, he says, he what? He, I'll blot out your name out of the book. I don't want my name blotted out. And then it goes on to say here, he says, I will blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before. He says, I won't blot it out if, if, you, if you do this. He says, verse 6, he that have an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto who? The world, the world, the folk down the road, the churches, the churches, the churches. We're talking about save with fear. And we got to take a different approach on us that are kingdom kids and living outside of the will of God for our lives. Amen. Now we're going to close over here. I promise you we're going to close here. Uh, Zechariah 3, 1 and 7. Zechariah 3, 1 and 7. I want, I want you to see this. I want to uh, leave you with an encouraging uh, thought uh, for your life. Uh, And Zechariah deals with this in which I was uh, even referring to earlier. Zechariah chapter 3. 
If you can't find it, just go to, you got your Bible, go to your tables of contents. You got that electronic gadget. You should be able to get to it real quick. Zechariah chapter 3. 1158 in my, in, my, in my Bible. That's the page I'm on. <laughs> but, you, but you might not have the same Bible I had. Pastor Andrew, you got the same Bible I got. We on 1158, baby. <laughs> 1158, you're going to find it. Amen. 1158. Are you at Zechariah chapter 3? We're going to look at verse 1 through 7, and this is where we're going to go. I got a minute and something on the clock up here, but we're, we're, we're going to be closing here. And so I want you to, to look at this for me. This is Zechariah. This is the fourth vision that was given unto him as a, uh, as a prophet of God that he has declared. He says, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. You hear that? Joshua was the high priest. Uh, of, of that time and of that day. And he's giving him a vision. He's showing Zechariah this vision. Um, um, and it says, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. What I'm saying unto you, you can stand before the Lord God Almighty and Satan will stand right there with you. He's, he's not afraid to stand. He's not afraid to talk unto God. He's already a defeated foe. But he'll stand, he'll stand right up in the face of, look what it says here. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that have chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Now, it was interesting here. I don't have time to go back over to the book of Jude, but you read the book of Jude in your own. In the book of Jude, it talks about how these people were, that had come, uh, uh, these men, and they, again, we talked about how uh, they were overturning people's thinking and mindsets in the church. And it refers to a particular uh, text there in Jude, and you can read it on your own. It referred to that how we have to contend in such a way for the saints. And it says that how the angel was contending for the body of Moses with the devil. And, and the Bible says, it says, and the Lord said, the Lord rebuked the devil. I'm saying there are times, you, you, you got to understand that that devil is something else. And we come to times, see, this is why I'm saying he will contend for them that contend with me. You know what I'm saying? There comes a time that you're going to come up against some forces in your life that you can't deal with. And this is why you got to understand it's all about him. You got to understand you the king's kid. And sometimes when you go before the Lord, amen, with the angels with you, you, you must understand Satan will be right there with a railing accusation against you. You got to understand it ain't how good you are, it's how good God is. You think about it, boy, it's through the grace of God that we're able even to stand in the presence of God. Boy, them angels standing up there with you and Satan standing right there with a relent accusation against you. But see, but it ain't you that can rebuke this Satan. You hear what I'm saying? But now it's the Lord thy God that said, I rebuke you, Satan. Get your hands off of them. Get away from them. I'm telling you, when hell breaking out all in your life, yeah, I know you're trying to rebuke, you're trying to do all these things. This is why we got to stay close to God because there's some things we might not be able to pray off. Amen? This is why we seek him. That's why we pray to him. This is why it's all about him. This is why it's supplication, praying what God wants. So I go to God and say, God, what do you want for my life? What do you want me to do? And I'm here to tell you the first thing he'll deal with is say, I rebuke thee, Satan. Get off of his life oh my god i'm telling you get off of his life look what he did here see see this thing is all about uh what kind of garments 
He says, pull them out the fire, hating, hating the very spotted garments that they have on him. See, Joshua, the high priest, his clothes won't clean. <laughs> his clothes won't clean. And he get ready to get some clean garments. And what I'm saying to you, I don't know where you're at, but God know where you're at. You hear what I'm saying? And God is saying if your clothes are dirty today, they can't get clean. He already talked about it over there. You see how we always see. There's one thing. See, as long as we examine ourselves, we ain't going to never look at ourselves the way we need to look at ourselves anyway. You need somebody else to examine you. I'm not here to examine you. The same word as examining you, guess what? It's examining me as well. And I'm here to tell you, if I got some spots, I want some clean clothes. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no clothes with no spots on them. I want, because he said, I'm coming back with folks with what? Some clean clothes on. I'm coming back with a, a church without spot or without wrinkle. He ain't just talking about the whole body. He talking, he talking about the body, but he talking about every individual in him. You can't have on dirty garments and think you going with the saints when the saints go marching in. Oh, can I get an amen? I know this ain't no preaching happy message here, but I'm here to tell you, you got to think about what kind of garments do you want to have on? I just don't want to have my garments on the day to go. I want to have some clean garments while I'm living up in this place. When I'm living in this world, I want to have my garments to be clean and, 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 and not respond. But the high priest, amen, was up here. Joshua, his clothes were dirty. His clothes were dirty. And Zechariah, he showed this to him in a vision. And he was showing him, in a sense, look, he was showing him, this is what he was showing. That really, uh, uh, he was showing him, because we're going to see Jesus come on the scene here. He's getting ready to prophesy that Jesus is going to come on the scene. What you saying, Pastor? <laughs> we can't keep our own self clean. Don't fool yourself. Think about it this way. Them pretty little babies we had when they come out. We clean up behind them then. Yeah. Mother Jesse, I, I, I'm not even going to, we ain't going to say any names, but since you're part of the, the oldest saint that we have up in here, let me ask you a question. Just, just, just the question. Just, just, I don't have the wisdom that you had. I got some, but I don't have the wisdom that you had with your children. I just want to ask a question. Are you still cleaning up them kids you got? You still? Okay, okay, that's all I want to know. That tells you that they indicative that they can't clean up themselves. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same way in the spirit realm. You can't keep yourself clean in and of your own self. This is why he says, when you're in sin, confess your sins, amen, to him. And he's what? Faithful and just to do what? To forgive you of your sin. And then do what? Cleanse you. Not you. All unrighteous. Not you cleaning yourself. He said, but no. See, because when you clean yourself, oh, I'm pretty clean now. And you don't establish the standard of your cleanliness when you clean yourself. But when he has the standard of cleanliness, He'll clean you up the way you need to be cleaned up. Because I found out when I clean my own self up, I find myself cleaning up over and over and over again. But I got to come to a place where, look, clean me up. Clean me up, oh Lord. And then when you clean me, fill me. <laughs> because he can't have nothing filled that's unclean. Think about it. Clean me first, Lord. On the inside and the outside. Clean me up. Amen. 
clean me up. This is why Jesus Christ had to always go talk with them old religious folks. He says, you're like, a, uh, he says, you're like sepulchers. Amen. He said, you're empty on the outside, but you look whitewashed all on the outside. You look good on the outside, but you're empty on the inside. That's what he said. Yes, yeah, yeah. Say, boy, see, we, we don't win. That's Jesus came. And he, he didn't come with compassion then. He was dealing with them religious folk telling you better get your house in order. Get it in order. Amen. And this is what the Lord is saying unto us. He's saying if you, if you got spotted clothes on, you can get some new ones. You can get some clean ones. Because I'm coming back with folks that have unspotted garments on. Let's see this here. We're about finished. We're about finished. So he was standing at the reason, verse 2. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that have chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Amen. Basically he said, is this not a burning stick plucked out of the fire? He talking about the priest. It's the same thing referring to over in Jude. Some that you got to save with fear. Snatching them out of the fire. Hating the very clothes, amen, that are, are, are spotted with sin. He said, you got to hate sin. You got to hate it. But when we see a brother or a sister in this situation, we got to save them with fear. We got to tell them the truth and nothing but the truth. We can't let them waddle in that sin. We can't let them stay there. We got to tell them in the Lord thy God loves thee. And if you stay, look, I can't keep company with you no more. I can't talk on the phone with you no more. And you got Johnny on the side. You say coming to church on a regular basis and you sleeping. Amen. Shocking while you're snacking and I'm fellowshipping with you and talking i got to cut you off for my own life because you know what i find myself snacking and shacking doing the same that you're doing i got to cut you off i got to give you the god amen because obviously what you dealing with is stronger than you are and you got to know how to get the God for yourself. I'm going I'm to intercede and pray that you get the God for yourself so that God can rebuke the devil that you can't rebuke. The one that you can't deal with in your life. You got to get there and stand before God with your spotted garments home and with Satan standing there with a railing accusation against you. But you standing in the presence of God. And what you need to hear, God say, I rebuke you, Satan. Get away from him. That's what some of us need to get clean. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, verse 3, and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, take away these filthy garments from him. Oh, my God, you hear the angels. Take away these filthy garments before him. And unto him, he says, behold, I have caused thine iniquity. To pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with what? A change of raiment. My God. What you saying, Pastor? Only God can deliver. Only God can get you, get, get your clothing changed. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> so, see, we just got to get at that point in our life. I'm tired of wearing spotted clothing. I'm tired of wearing spotted garments. I'm tired of being tired. And I'm telling you, when you get tired of being tired and call on the name of the Lord, amen, Ze- uh, uh, Zechariah say he's seen a vision, his fourth vision, that he's seen the high priest Joshua with filthy garments standing before the Lord thy God. 
with the angels and Satan standing there. And the angel, see, the angel is going to always do what the Lord thy God instruct him to do. And it's the Father's heart for you to be clean. Oh, my God. You need to understand it's the Father's heart for you to be clean. It's the Father's heart for you to be unspotted. He don't want you around here limping. He don't want you around here unspotted. He don't want you around here looking shameful. You're his child. You're his kid. You're part of his kingdom. He wants you pure. He wants you holy. He wants you spotless. He don't want you to be, be having these substitute types of things, these other gods in your life. He wants to be your God. So much so that he'll rebuke Satan off your life and put you on some clean cut. He says, your iniquities, I have taken your iniquities away from you. What's iniquities, pastor? It's the crooked, bent thing on the inside of you. The crooked. Oh, oh yeah, we all got some iniquity on the inside of us. Some wrong thinking, wrong thoughts, wrong ways. It's me, oh Lord. I'm the one standing in the need of prayer. <laughs> Stop with me. He said, look, when I come and deal with the house of the Lord, amen, he said, I deal. Well, he deal with the leaders. He deal with, with the house of the Lord first. He deals with all of us, all of us. He deals with everyone in the house of the Lord. I want you to know that this might be one of the most refreshing messages that you've heard in a long time. Because this is a message that helps you get clean and stay clean. It helps you to know how to remain clean and to staying before the Lord. Let's, we're about to end here. Listen to what it says here. It says here, verse 5, And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre. Let me read this in the NIV. It says, it says, Then I said, Put a clean turban on his head. <laughs> Get him some new clothes. Give him a new hat. I, can't you think about the prodigal son when he came back? Woo! Get a robe for the boy. <laughs> That's my son. He done finally came to his senses. And when he come back home, get a robe for the boy. That robe he got, whatever he got on, it dirty. Put him a clean one on. I believe he told the servant, what, 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 look, before you put him on, take him a bath. Why y'all wash him up? He can't wash himself. He don't know how to take care of himself. Clean him up. Put a robe on his hand. Then he said, now go get a ring for his hand. Oh, and go get some shoes to put on his feet. Amen. But here we said, look, put on the garments on him. Put a turban on his head. You know what I'm saying? This is my boy here. He said, look, he said, I'm reading this NIV. He says, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord did what? Stood by. Then it says, then the angel of the Lord gave this charge to who? Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you walk in my ways and keep my requirements, then you will govern what? My house and have charge of what? My courts. And I will give you a place among what? These standing here. Can you imagine? These that are standing here. I believe you studied that thing out, boy. There was angels all standing around. There was dignitary. You don't know who was standing there. You know what I'm saying? He was a high priest. And what are you saying, Pastor? I, I said, yeah, he's a high priest, but you are just as much as important to God as that high priest is. And God said, well, I want to give you some new raiment. I want to give you some new. I'm going to put a hat on your head, a turban up on you. And he said, but if you do this and you do that, See, that's something that got to be contended with. What he's saying is, if you do my will, 
Do what I tell you to do. Live how I tell you to live. He said, you'll rule over my courts. <laughs> you have rule over the houses. You have rule over everything that I have in store for you. I don't know about you. Give me my clean garments today, Lord. Take these old solid things, old spotted mess that I got on, and Lord, give me some new garments today. Amen? Hallelujah. Let us close our Bibles. Put our hands together and give God some praise.